0: and today the business at hand is the business of achieving a better balance in your life. In a world where many lives uh, are laden with anxiety, depression, stress, uncontrolled a- anger, uh, and other things which have us performing at less than an optimal level, uh, where where does one turn for suppress- professional support um, to get to that more peaceful place uh, in life. And one of the sources of support can be a qualified, licensed uh, psychological counselor. So I'm very pleased to have as my guest today Patrick Bryan, a licensed clinical social worker who has created a practice called The Peaceful Place, where there's a focus on helping clients to be more mindful of what's going on inside of themselves more mindful of what's going on in their surroundings and more balanced to achieve an equilibrium in accepting aspects of life that can and aspects that cannot be controlled and to not be overwhelmed as well as to be connected to key figures in their life and connected in general and not detached from the world. Um, So I'm pleased to welcome to the program Patrick. Welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, Ron. I appreciate the invitation.
0: Now, um, Patrick, let's start with uh, the very name, the peaceful place, which I personally think is is, is really a, a good name for a practice like yours. Um, it, it would seem to be the kind of place that somebody seeking that improved balance, that measure of control and, and a little bit of peacefulness in a world of stress and anxiety um is is that what you had in mind when you selected the name
1: yeah actually um you know when i was trying to come up with an idea of what i wanted to call the practice i um i started to think about um, the narratives that we use in in things like clinical hypnotherapy or guided imagery um uh avenues that are directly meant to help us be more at ease to relax to calm down and settle in and uh, the peaceful place is referenced as that place we come back to when we're getting overwhelmed when we're losing control we come back to that place so um, that's something i really wanted to incorporate in the facility itself the building where people come to therapy and uh, to create that for people in their own lives when they leave that building and go back to their their daily living
0: You know, it's actually surprising that uh, that name was available because uh, uh, it seems like such an obvious um, name for a location that's designed to help you uh, be a little more at peace with yourself. Um, Let's talk about um, the range of services. We'll go through them uh, in depth, but let's talk about... um, um, or, or rather, before we actually talk about the range of services, there are these general principles that are, are guiding uh, pillars, if you will, of your practice. Um, they are mindfulness, balance, and connectivity, um, which I uh, alluded to in, in the introduction. Um, tell us a little bit about mindfulness, Patrick. What what role uh, does mindfulness play uh, uh, in... In helping someone become aware of what's going on internally and externally.
1: Well, it, it originally comes from the Buddhist philosophy, um, you know, in, in reference to paying attention and uh, being intentional and aware of what's happening with us and aware of how we are responding to external stimuli. Um, you know, what we know of mindfulness mostly comes from John Kabat-Zinn, um, who you know, started uh, incorporating his experience with meditation uh, back in the 70s and then becomes more popularized in the 90s, um, he defines it right. as paying attention to right now on purpose from a place of kindness and curiosity rather than judgment. And the way that helps us uh, in the general population is You know we're quick to make judgments even in in subconscious even when we don't mean to Um, you know being in a, a metropolitan city with a heavy traffic that's a good example when people cut us off we jump to these conclusions based on a story we've created in our own life and it's easy to go chase that say you know why did that person cut me off they're doing something to me whereas if we take a moment. And breathe And uh, really look at what's going on We can be curious about it I notice I'm really angry about this I wonder what that's about And looking down in there and realizing that there are certain things that we can control Like our reaction to this person Who's also just trying to get where they're going Just like we are Um, And there are things we can't control Like their actions So we can decide to hold on to it And allow all these emotions The powerful emotions that sometimes don't serve us well take over, or we can let some things go and come back to just uh, being in the moment and appreciating what is there. A lot of times, for that traffic example, we, we jump to the conclusion of the worst-case scenario, right? So this thing this, that could happen, this person cut me off, my child's in the car, oh, they could have hurt my child, um, but they didn't. So we can ruminate and we can chase that, or we can let that go we're okay now, let's continue on.
0: You know, without even consciously thinking of it, there are people who are able to ask themselves, you know, why am I uh, so upset uh, and and anxious and come to the realization soon thereafter, well, it's because of this traffic, this damn traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully um, most of us uh, come to the, the next realization that... Um, we can't really control the traffic. Um, you know, it's it's there. We're going to have to accept it, and that's part of what you do is is help people understand that there are certain things that we 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 do have to accept, and uh, and in some cases, actually, um, I think that um, someone might come to the realization that. Uh, um, I'm going to have to just approach this each day during this uh, commute uh, in rush hour with congestion uh, and and maybe in some cases um, decide they're going to get off um, the interstate or the the heavy uh, traffic road uh, occasionally, take a path that's got a little bit uh, less traffic, which would be a a way of controlling... um, The circumstances, it's not always one available to us. In many cases, like here in the city, in the metro area of Atlanta, uh, you don't have many alternative paths. You're, you're sitting in traffic. But if you're mindful of that anxiety coming from being in that traffic and you realize, you know, I just need to try to relax and, 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 um, accept it. And, and I, I'm certain that that is one of the things that you try to help people to do, along with um, a, a achieve a better balance, which is related. Tell us about how and why achieving a balance in one life, uh, one's life is, is, is important.
1: Well, so in this context, I think balance refers to um, kind of accepting both ends of things. Um, so it's, it's acknowledging what we do have and letting go of all the what we should have or what's missing um so uh, achieving balance you know in equilibrium um we're coming back to uh that middle point so we're gonna have really high points we're gonna have really low points and it's recognizing that uh, sometimes things aren't what we want them to be and that's right now our brains have a uh have a really good grasp on generalizing that one situation to all situations. And it's easy to do. The more we do it, the easier it is to do, and the stronger that impulse becomes. So, you know, balance is, so, you know, we incorporate mindfulness. Let's pay attention to what's actually happening to achieve the balance, right? So um, let me me not carry on to this... uh, everything is always going to be horrible every morning traffic to stick with that example is going to be horrible all traffic is bad when we're when we're coming from a balanced place we we start to notice what is there oh hey there's a great radio station that i haven't tuned into in a while let me just let me just relax and tune in and hear some music um
0: a great talk show maybe
1: yeah perhaps
0: um yeah go ahead i'm sorry
1: no it's fine um yeah, I, I mean, it's really about um, it, just acknowledging what we do have. So the controls and can't controls. You know, I think stress is really where unrealistic expectation meets the limitations of reality, and there, those are two sides of, of a dichotomy, if you will. So you know, finding that balance refers to coming in the middle. Okay, well, what's here? W- what can I find? I don't need to chase and get away from discomfort or make it go away so quickly, because I can still find areas of comfort.
0: And and you begin to understand the benefits of of achieving that balance um, when you when you think through that um, running into that other car that cut you off or jumping out of the car to go punch that person out. Um, and and Lord knows, m- many people must go through uh, a. Uh, Visualization of like um, stopping, jumping out of their car and uh, going over and uh, punching out the other driver. Um, and fortunately, uh, the uh, for the vast majority who have that visualization, it's only a visualization. It's not really a reality. Right. Uh, if it is a reality, then then definitely that's someone that that uh, needs to seek out some sort of uh, support from someone like you. And you know the the example of. Uh, Anxiety induced by the morning commute or the afternoon commute—you know, being in traffic—it's such a great example. Uh, it, it's um, so universal to so many people. Not to all of us; some of us have managed to avoid a regular daily uh, commute. But there's millions and millions all around the world that are mm. commuting, uh, and um, it's a stressful time. So it's a, so it's really a good real life example. What about uh, being connected? Tell us why being connected is is important, and and, um, we'll be taking a break in a bit, but give us an overview of of, uh, what role connectivity plays in all of this.
1: I think this is one of the most important things. Um, You know, uh, I believe connection is the thing that it's important to all humans, um, and I don't necessarily mean um, you know that we're happiest when we're partnered up when we have that significant other um, it's it, connection can be with yourself it's really uh, feeling like we have a backbone something or someone to fall back on that's supportive that's validating that's accepting um, you know I think um, this is this is an area where, when people aren't connected, when they're disconnected, they feel isolated, and then we start to seek whatever's available. So whether that means you know drugs and alcohol, whether that means some validation or confirmation from uh, less healthy groups of people um, that that bring us down and reinforce those negative thoughts or feelings. Um, you know, when we feel detached and isolated. I think that's a big part of what drives us to reinforce that. We're seeking it out. Uh, We want to feel like we have some kind of support.
0: Yeah, fortunately, or or, or shall I say, um, I mean, fortunately, most of us have those um, sources of support that make us feel connected. And for people who who don't feel connected, those are very often the kind of people that uh, we've seen all too Recently, um, that lash out at the world um, because they do not have a sufficient... They may have some connectivity, but it's not a sufficient uh, connectivity um, that has them feeling like um, they're cared about uh, and that there's reasons to care about others. There's reason to care about themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's... Um, it's so easy for them to become detached and once you are detached uh, it's a hop, skip and a jump to doing something which could be violent and uh, uh, act out uh, that um, uh, that detachedness we're going to take a break we're here with Patrick Bryant we'll be back to talk more about the practice of uh, helping people be better balanced in touch with themselves and connected right after this break
3: This is Daryl Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs.
2: Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out, and when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights.
4: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
0: Welcome back to the Business Hour. We're here with Patrick Bryant, a licensed clinical social worker who has a practice. The practice uh, is called The Peaceful Place. And we've been talking about the role that improved mindfulness, improved balance, and improved connectivity uh, with oneself and, and the surroundings uh what that can do to help you be a little more at peace with yourself, particularly in a world that is heavily laden with stress and anxiety and and, and anger and depression and all of those uh, negative feelings that, that can bring you down. And which can spiral uh, out of control. You know, as you become um, depressed and anxious um, and angry, you can become more and more and more detached. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that that's what we've seen in the actions of uh, a few people over the last uh, few years and, and unfortunately, over the last few weeks uh, here in the U.S., uh, but also around the world and, and in fact, entire... uh, Regions of the world where there's angry people that uh, are not accepting uh, the reality uh, that the rest of us uh, have, uh, which is the world's becoming a smaller place, and we have to learn to live with each other, uh, mm-hmm. uh, or at least achieve some balance uh, in living with each other. Um, before the uh, the break, or, or during the break, you actually mentioned to me that uh, that. There is one aspect uh, of connectivity uh, related to having purpose in your life that is important. Tell us about that.
1: Well, so you, you mentioned the spiraling. I think um, you're absolutely right. We become more and more detached. So we, we chase that idea of, uh, you know, I, I don't feel like I have um, a purpose. I don't feel like I have a reason to be here. And, and being connected really provides that for us. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I like to uh, refer to music a lot, and the the Beatles say, "All you need is love," right? And I think what they're really talking about is that connection. So it's that feeling, a genuine purpose, a place that we have somewhere, somebody to come to when we're. It's a sense of grounding, really.
0: Yeah, all we need is connectivity to others and some mutual caring. And that can be the purpose of life. Um, sure, sure. I mean, it's, 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 it's without question um, highly simplified, but if that is um, the purpose, then you begin to realize, okay, well, how do I be better connected and how do I exhibit a little bit of caring and where do I seek out some caring about me and, 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 and things mm-hmm. like that? Um Patrick, I have never had a uh, a guest uh, read from their book, although I I should have, uh, because there have been some uh, great uh, books that we've profiled, uh, as well as the writers. Um, I've also not had anyone read from their website. We've had folks who have great websites with really uh, key messages uh, that have done a good job using their website to... um, Um, In in essence, establish a tone. You know, if you go to a website and you uh, read something which resonates with you, that's the very best way to have connectivity to the organization, the business, the individual, uh, that that website um, uh, is the uh, initial communication for and and, and the image uh, of the individual or the organization but I would like to have you read one of the paragraphs from your homepage that describes the peaceful place and the approach that you take to uh, your practice. It's the, um, the um, paragraph which begins with uh, the peaceful place is a client focused.
1: Okay. The Peaceful Place is a client-focused, mindfulness-based psychotherapy practice where our clinicians take the time and energy to understand and respect where our clients are in their lives. We join you on your journey of growth and development toward the person you know yourself to be, beyond current obstacles and challenges, where you know whether you no longer recognize who you've become, or you're struggling with a relationship. You experience depression, anxiety, or overwhelming stress, or you want guidance and support in self-exploration. We recognize that our clients are first and foremost people with real lives, real jobs, real relationships, and real personal truths. Our work is based in three primary principles, mindfulness, balance, and connection. Each are a part of the other and directly influence each other.
0: I think that's a great description um, as I understand what you're trying to do um, in helping people achieve those three uh very important aspects of mindfulness balancing and connectivity and and those will come up throughout um, uh, our discussion um, you you have in fact uh, talked about each of them uh and uh one thing I I want to share with the listeners that I think is a very, very uh, key aspect of why good professional uh, psychotherapy and counseling uh, can be so extremely um, helpful um, and which for many people who are concerned, and and I I think with good reason, concerned about the effects of, of pharmaceuticals of drugs that you know are uh, controlling of certain behaviors which without question can be very effective in in the right circumstances where someone is um, carefully diagnosed and the appropriate um, pharmacology um, is in place to be administered so that a person can reduce uh, extreme anxiety or Achieve some other state through the use of, of drugs. Um, psychotherapists don't use drugs. Uh, you know, you you don't prescribe drugs. I think that Correct. that's a very very good starting place for many people. Um, we 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 are oftentimes too readily uh, willing to take a blood uh, a drug to lower our blood pressure. You know, mm-hmm. take a, a drug to suppress our appetite. <coughs> take a drug to take away various kinds of pain. And and do it in a way that is uh, possibly extremely useful and um, not unhealthy. Uh, It's just that I think as a starting place, when you might be experiencing anxiety and stress... Um, and, and and anger that a good starting place is with a counselor like yourself where drugs are not being administered. Mm-hmm. You know, where you're helping someone to, uh, again, be mindful, achieve a balance, be connected, and, 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 and be in touch. Um, before we go on, I also want to mention uh, to listeners that you have uh, a partner at the Peaceful Place, and that's uh, Megan Zwellig, uh, who is a licensed professional counselor uh and she's also your wife Mm -hmm. um tell us just a little bit about her area of specialization and tell us a little bit about how you complement uh each other in the practice
1: well so first i want to say i'm I'm forever impressed by (laughs) megan's approach and how she's able to to uh connect with her clients. Um she she's a, in addition to being a licensed counselor, she's also a registered art therapist. And um so she uses art to connect with people and help them find a voice when the the verbal voice isn't really working for them. She works mostly with children and adolescents. Um though she does do uh, workshops and groups with adults. And, you know, the thing with, with children that, that some of us forget or that we don't understand is they don't have that sophisticated language or the emotional intelligence yet. It hasn't developed yet. They're they're still learning it. They don't have those lived experiences to define what this feeling is. They just know that it doesn't feel good. And, you know, Megan has been very remarkable in being able to provide um, these children and adolescents and adults with with an avenue to express what's going on. They don't need to define words which can be increasingly stressful. I have this thing going on that I don't understand and it's causing me a problem and I can't communicate it to you so I can't tell you what to do about it. Um, so I, I think that's a big a big part of what she does is really provide people an avenue beyond language to really understand what's happening. And that's how she really complements the practice. Is that that's really what it's about? Is understanding what's going on here? How can I make this better? How can I communicate to someone else who can help me make it better?
0: You know, I, I see communicating through art, and you know, this is a tip of the hat to uh, you, Megan, for um, your part of the practice. Um, I, I absolutely see how um, expressing oneself through art can be highly effective, but also it is therapeutic in and of itself in many cases, uh, just having art as an outlet. You know, for some people it might be music Um, for others it might be cooking Mm -hmm. but it sort of falls in that category of being uh, an artful expression Uh, and uh, I I, I see it as having uh, benefits uh, multiple benefits from helping um, uh, children in particular but also adults to better communicate uh, through art but also serving this useful function of uh, providing a, uh, a sense of therapy uh, Many of us in the uh, field of media uh, might not seem always too too creative but uh, um, to set up a station like this there's a certain balance between art and science uh you're dealing with people you're dealing with subject matters um okay. it, it it becomes a, a creative outlet of sorts but a lot of people don't have that in their professions don't mm-hmm. have that in their uh, uh in their lives um so uh tip of the hat to uh megan Zwellig, your uh, your partner at the peaceful place um one thing i i noticed uh, um that may uh, make your practice a little different than many others is that you you work with uh, a number of men um, and we're going to be taking a break but when we come back we'll talk about um, um, what makes the work that you do with men different from the practice in general. We're here with Patrick Bryant, a licensed clinical social worker we've been talking about his psychotherapy practice and we'll talk more with Patrick right after this break.
2: on Kindle or paperback through
4: Amazon.com. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like.
2: Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio.
3: This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.
0: Welcome back to the Business Hour. I'm Ron Camacho, your host. And today we're with Patrick Bryant, a licensed clinical social worker and therapist that works with his clients to help them achieve a better balance in life uh, through mindfulness of their own um well-being and the surroundings uh, as well as how to be better connected um connected to the world surrounding them and that could be key people but uh, it could even be uh, a loving pet you know i know that a lot of people um Feel like the relationship um, with uh, with their pet um, gives them a very distinct sense of well being. Um, one example, and this sort of plays into the question um, I set up before the break, which is tell us a little bit about uh, um, what you do with uh, some of the men that you see uh, as part of the practice, but. You know, there are veterans who come back and find that they're oftentimes very anxious, very stressed out. Um, they are suffering the effects of um, post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, don't, aren't even aware of it, wouldn't characterize it as that, um, but find that they can relate to um, an animal, like mm-hmm. a pet dog, um, in many cases maybe coming back to a pet dog. Um, some of the guys who work in the canine uh, units uh, of the uh, the army uh, that are able to uh, come back with their dogs are ever so grateful. That's the the, the bean with whom they had the greatest connectivity when they were uh, at war, and now they get to come home with that dog. It doesn't happen too often, but every now you now and then you read about uh, a soldier who is able to be uh, reconnected. Uh, With his dog, and it's pretty heartwarming because you see these. uh, If you if there are visuals, you you see this reunion um, with the dog, um, and there's a a significant bond. And just having that bond uh, can make all the difference in the world uh, for someone who's uh, feeling somewhat detached. Mm -hmm. But tell us about um, about the practice uh, and uh, and working with with men. And, uh, and, and does that include veterans and does that include uh, um, um, ex-soldiers, both men and women? But, um, but does that include folks who were suffering or are suffering or are, are becoming aware that they are having a post-trauma stressful uh, condition uh, and and how do you you go about that so first just tell us in general about who what 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 kinds of uh, scenarios there are for some of the men that you work with uh, and uh, whether or not that does include uh, some of the classic PTSD uh, uh, folks
1: okay yeah I work with um With the wide range of guys, um, you know, people who are struggling with just your daily anxiety and want to figure out what to do with that to make life just a little better. Um, You know, it's the the principle that it doesn't have to be horrible to get better. Um, And all the way to guys who have experienced severe trauma, whether that be in combat or childhood trauma, abuse, sexual abuse, uh, neglect. Um, You know, I think we're really starting to tap into the effects of being neglected as a kid and and what that does and how we carry that into our adult lives, um, so you know a lot of the guys that that uh, that come to see me, I notice th- they're not necessarily exhibiting the the symptoms that we would classically think of, you know, with post traumatic stress. Um, where, you know, what we see on, on media or whatever is, you know, they, they re- react to a loud noise or they're having night terrors. Those things are happening uh, for some, and, you know, they are certainly things to be addressed. What I'm noticing is even if they have those uh, symptoms, they're not coming in for that. They're coming in because their relationships are falling apart. So we're back to the connection. They, they don't feel like they have that uh, person who truly gets them. Um, I don't. I don't know if you've ever seen Hurt Locker, but that was oh, yeah, a. Yes. It's a wonderful um, depiction of you know. Spoiler alert at the end where he he doesn't he comes home, and he's so used to living at a level of high emotional arousal, high stress. Um, he comes home and life is a little bit dull there's no one who understands what he's been through there's no one who gets him and to your point with um with animals particularly emotional assistance animals and dogs they're they're great they're unconditional it's unconditional love and affection and they don't talk to us they don't judge us they just they get us whether they really do or not we think they do so that that helps and um you know, I think that's really what we're trying to achieve in the practice is helping people reconnect to what's here. Um, the, the training, the things that some people have had to do or have seen can't be undone or unseen, and it's hard to, hard to let that go.
0: I think um, a lot of folks, and you know, I cannot speak from personal experience. Um, I have not been in uh, the military or in wartime situations, but in some of the folks that I've talked to, um, that will admit, you know, that there is this high level of stress and anxiety in the moment, uh, particularly in combat situations. But even in non-combat situations, just being in combat regions, you know, there's always a level of of anxiety um, because at any moment uh, something can happen, and they will almost um, characterize it as becoming an anxiety junkie, you know, someone who's used to that energy level, and um, and day-to-day existence here is such a far cry from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are so many other things, like playing uh, an important role in... Um, on the job as a person in the military uh, and then coming back to a role which doesn't seem to have nearly the same purpose and also something that you've alluded to and that is that, you know, if you are trained to be a killing machine, if you are trained to tune out uh, anything that will detract from the mission, which is uh, seek and destroy... That is on 24-7 or close to it when you're in those regions. And when you come back, I think it's probably not as easy as most people would think to turn off, to come back to the day-to-day boredom uh, that you alluded to and not have a certain psychological armor that you've um, been carrying for such a long time, you don't just take it off mm-hmm. the way you would physical um, armor and uh, I, I, uh, I i don't think a lot of civilians sometimes get it that, that, that there is real trauma, that even after World War II even though we didn't seem to have a lot of people that were characterized as having post-traumatic stress disorder and Maybe some of that came from that war being uh, a war that so many people uh, cheered uh, to, to, to the victory uh, of in both theaters, uh, Pacific and in Europe. Uh, and then since that time, uh, the Vietnam War, it wasn't so clear. Um, we didn't appreciate uh, the veterans the way we might have. Uh, we, we we weren't cheering them to the victory the way. We did during World War II because we weren't even sure about that involvement and I think there's some mixed feelings about our involvement in some of the, the Middle Eastern, like, you know, why am I here? But nevertheless, you're trained to seek and destroy. I think, you know, you come back and some of those feelings are all jumbled up. And, uh, and then you add to it that, um, you have a mundane job and, and you have family that maybe can't quite relate. It's bound to be anxiety inducing and stressful. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and that's honestly that's if you can get a job. Um, we're seeing a lot of uh, veterans coming back who can't find a job. Um, they're being told they don't have civilian skills. They don't have the corporate skills. Um, you know, and again, this is this is not to generalize to everyone's experience, um, but there are some who have that experience. And then there's that sense of the the masculinity that we're our role as. As guys, is to take care of the household uh, and you know protect, um, or at least do our part. And feeling you know whether you've experienced um, wartime or not, that feeling that you you don't have a purpose, that you can't do what you are supposed to do, is very defeating. Um, and you know, and, and to the other point of of you know search and destroy, not all folks who come back have been on those types of missions um some certainly have and even folks who who have never seen combat can you know they experience and to your point of uh high levels of anxiety there's a lot of responsibility um and they you know they're aware of what's happening and uh i think it comes back to you and i aren't it's it's hard for us to understand to really get someone um and it's not worth explaining it's not worth trying to help us understand sometimes they can't um so i think feeling that somebody so what what i try to do is just you know i would never assume that i know what it's like you know but to to really sit there and say wow that's i, I can't even imagine
0: and certainly, d- along with not uh, or acknowledging that you don't quite understand uh, the feelings that someone might be having, is to um, uh, to uh, not have any value judgments associated with it. That's a hard thing for a lot of people to do. They they're they're quick to judgment uh, about someone who is experiencing a trauma, whether it's uh, from war or uh, early childhood or anything else uh, that they may have. Uh, experienced. Um, I I don't think that a lot of people. And you know, this this is something that that applies to uh, friends and family of someone who uh, may have had a tour in a, a traumatic um, situation. Uh, is is that you have to um, be somewhat sensitive and uh, and not pretend that you didn't really know, but. Uh, try to be supportive and, and I'm certain sure that you probably work with some of the families um, as well yes. of, of, of some of the veterans um, we're going to be uh, taking a break here in a little bit and um, uh, when we come back I, um, uh, I, I'd like to have a little bit of a discussion about um, why it is that We've gotten to a point where um, more people are, are willing to seek out support and, and why some others are not. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know that some folks are referred to you, and uh, I'm curious about how other folks come to the realization that, um, hey, maybe it's time for me to seek out uh, some professional help uh, and how they, how they literally get to you. We're here with Patrick Bryant, a licensed clinical social worker that has a psychotherapy practice that helps people to just achieve a better balance in their life and be more connected uh, through a certain mindfulness of what's going on internally and externally. We'll be back with Patrick right after this break.
1: Buzz off with Lawyer Liz. Join me each week, Wednesdays at 2 o'clock, as we talk drones, internet of things, and technology.
3: Do you have problems with sinus pain and pressure? Do other people smell things that you don't? Have you lost the joy in eating because food just doesn't taste like it used to? Is your nose always stuffy no matter what you do? Maybe you have sinus or nasal polyps. These are generally benign growths that occur from chronic sinus infection or allergies that are either undertreated or have not been treated at all. At Peachtree ENT Center... We specialize in minimally invasive balloon dilation sinus surgery and correction of a deviated nasal septum and turbinate reduction surgery that can be done in the office. We use a state-of-the-art equipment so that you can see the problem. You will be a partner in your care, and together we will decide the course of treatment. We believe in old-fashioned medicine, where we take the time to fix the problem, not just medicate the symptoms. You can rest assured that all options will be offered Before surgery is recommended, because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts.
4: Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the
2: Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com.
4: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for
0: listening. Welcome back to the Business Hour. We're here with Patrick Bryant. We've been talking about uh, his psychotherapy practice and how Patrick is able to work with uh, folks that may have experienced some trauma in their life, and, and there is the residual effect of feeling uh, anxious, uh, depressed, Um, maybe angry, uh, maybe detached uh, from the world. Um, Patrick, are you experiencing that more people are are willing to seek um, uh, some professional help, and is that because of just general awareness? And and, and how do people uh, end up coming to you? Is it by referral, or uh, just how do they connect with you?
1: I think there are a different, um, well, a spectrum of, of ways that people get to me. And um, to your first point, I think generally the area of mental health and, and feeling better uh, emotionally and, and um, wholly is um, is more accepted. I think it's becoming, slowly but surely, uh, more of the norm to seek out um, external help in getting where we want to be and realizing that we have some mental blocks or some emotional blocks. Um, you know, people do come to me by referral. Um, sometimes they're mandated. Um, more often than not, it's, it's convincing from a partner or just really realizing that this is not working for me, whatever this is. And, uh, kind of reaching that well there's not a whole i've tried all these things let me just go try this Um, for guys i think the the big hot topic is anger right that's that's what seems to get a lot of guys through the door Um, and i think anger is it's really a symptom of what else is happening so we try to explore what's making you angry? Where did that start? It's it's unlikely that when anger becomes a point that that's your go-to reaction and it becomes aggressive and problematic for, for relationships or jobs. That's not something that just all of a sudden happened.
0: Well, and also, you know, you have um, uh, folks that are uh, suffering from some sense of uh, anxiety and detachment uh, who, who actually have never... Um, uh, had uh, much of any expression of, of angers, uh, at least not on a grand scale, uh, along with uh, individuals who have had some uh, expressions of, of, of anger uh, that um, certainly we all wish were detected sooner so that we could avoid the kinds of scenarios that we saw in uh, Columbine, uh, in Colorado, uh, Sandy Hook Elementary School, San Bernardino, uh, and then more recently in in Atlanta, um, where there was evidence that the shooter or shooters uh, are truly misguided, uh, angry, and and likely imbalanced in in various ways. uh, you know, I'm I, I'm curious to know what you think in the U.S. we could do to recognize earlier in the lives of uh, of terrorists uh, these conditions that can escalate to homicidal terror, and um, you know it's a it's a fine balance between being a society that's 1984ish and 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 actively seeking out the, the quote unquote imbalanced, you know, and and uh, having the government intrude. On, on the lives of, of people who are completely uh, innocent to find those people who are uh, the future perpetrators of acts of violence. But uh, what's your opinion about how we can be better in touch with some of those individuals, some of whom have manifested uh, very antisocial um, behaviors uh, that could lead up to, to uh, serious expressions of violence? Um, how, what do you? What's your thought? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think it's a lot of things, and that's what makes it so difficult. It's not so much of a um, you know a symptom checklist or a sp- specific diagnosis that we can look out for. Um, you know, and, and the thing to be careful about, like you say, with the 1984 references. W- a lot of times, when we when we do that, when we say, "Okay, this is what we need to look out for," we generalize. Everyone with this diagnosis is going to be a future murderer or a problem. So we start to take proactive measures that are actually counterintuitive and counterproductive. Um, you know, what I think we're on track. It may it may not seem like that because we're we're noticing a, a, a spike in these types of acts. But I, I honestly think opening the door and, and normalizing, okay, there's something that's not quite right for this kid. They're feeling absolutely isolated. Is it bullying? Partly. There there are some things about bullying that would lead one to feel so isolated. Because what we're looking at is is that connection piece. When often when someone drives to to that direction uh, of mass murder a lot of these people that we're referencing, you know, there's a sense of isolation at some point in their lives. Um, there's a, a great vulnerability that happens. And, you know, for when we talk about terrorist groups, um, it's connection. I can, I can connect with these people. They accept me. I have a purpose. Um, and it's a purpose that has a horrible consequence for the population at large. As far as what to look out for, I I think we just need to pay more attention. Um, I don't think it's – I don't buy into the argument that it is mental health or it isn't mental health. I think it includes mental health with a lot of other things uh, like isolation and hopelessness and fear, fear of people we don't understand. I think that's a really big one that, um, you know, we're conditioned to – well to fear to fear people that that are different from us and have different ideals um, versus understand them, and we we present as guarded and proactive that doesn't always have the result we want
0: yeah certainly the um, the shooter in uh, Orlando uh, uh, from all reports uh, had a lot of baggage um, how we dissect that. Um, uh, moving forward, uh, and uh, and how useful that will be in in, in, in trying to identify other uh, perpetrators uh, remains to be seen. Um, I want to touch on another area of your practice, um, and because we could spend a lot of time on those uh, uh, disenfranchised, uh, angry uh, perpetrators of violence, um, but uh, al- along with psych- psychotherapy in general, which a lot of people uh, view as uh, hocus pocus. Um, but have uh, come to realize good psychotherapists can really actually help people be uh, more relaxed and and, uh, and better balanced in their life. Um, tell us about hypnotherapy uh, as part of your practice and, and, and about your training in hypnotherapy and where it is a useful tool uh, to you um, uh, in helping someone.
1: It's useful... M- primarily for me with trauma work um you know we we've got to cycle through a lot of barriers because we don't want to get in touch with the things that cause us discomfort and sometimes we have to acknowledge them and understand them to let them go sometimes we don't but hypnotherapy it, it sounds very taboo or uh you know hocus pocus as you said pocusing. um yeah. you know and i think that's because of what uh what the portrayal is in the media of you know i'm going to i'm going to alter your mind and make you do things Um, hypnotherapy is uh, it's it's psychotherapy through the avenue of hypnosis. So hypnosis is a heightened level of relaxation. I interact with clients, and it, and by the way, it's not something that's forced. You know, it, it's, people often seek this particular measure out when they come to me for hypnotherapy. They know something about it and want to try it. Um, so it's never something like, oh, you know, come in and I'm going to hypnotize you or and fix all your problems or change things without your consent. It's very much interactive. You're relaxed to the point where that inner critic that shames us, that tells us we shouldn't or judges things that are happening in our lives, tells us to just get over it. Well, getting over it isn't always going to get us where we need to be. So it, it lightly pushes that aside and helps us to to really examine what's going on. Um, what What is it that's causing me this pain? Sometimes it's a... A childhood experience that we have just harbored and repressed and don't remember and sometimes we need to let that go so we do the work and move forward and come back to the present
0: well patrick i i um i really want to thank you for taking the time to come on the program where uh, we've reached that point where um uh, We've run out of time, but we may just have to have you come back and give us an update on um, the practice and share more insight about um, how you're working with folks to achieve mindfulness of what's going on internally, externally, achieve that better balance, that equilibrium in their life, and to also be better connected to uh, key figures uh, in their life. Um, Thank you for uh, taking the time.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: You've been listening to the Business Hour here at America's Web Radio. We're on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on the Internet and on the radio next week. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com,
3: the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.